Okay, who put the golden Oreos? <laughs> These are not mine, but now they are a temptation. <laughs> They're in the sermon. If you weren't here last week, Oreos were involved. Uh, hey, good morning, guys. Quality salutation. Good for you. If you are a guest with us, apologies for the Oreo introduction, but my name is Brandon. You are, we're so glad you're here. Welcome. Thank you for being with us this morning. I'm excited to be together this morning uh, because today we are going to talk about the fact that Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to us. Today we're going to be looking at uh, John chapter 10, if you want to go ahead and turn there. And we're going to see Jesus offer to give us joy. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I want to remind you next week we're going to start a series on the book of Esther. Uh, a book of Esther. Uh, but today, one of the most life-changing passages from the gospel for me. But first... Why is not everyone rushing the stage right now? We actually have sign language friends in the back, and I told them ahead of time, you got to not give the answer to this. So she was raising her hand in the back, and she was ready to receive this offer. If you guys knew what I had just said, you'd be rushing the stage, but you don't understand, right? 99% of you do not understand, so let me help you. I want to give you money and chocolate cake. (laughs) I have so much money and chocolate cake for you. If you want all the money and chocolate cake in the world, tell me now. The offer's expired. (laughs) The offer's expired. (laughs) That's a pretty incredible offer, right? All the money and chocolate cake in the world. Sadly, I don't have the ability to give you all the money and chocolate cake in the world. But the point is, if you don't understand that something awesome is being offered to you, you'll miss out. If you don't understand the offer, you won't receive it. What we're going to see today in our text is that Jesus doesn't just offer money and chocolate cake He offers life and life in abundance. Jesus wants us to have life and joy, which means for us this morning that following Jesus is following joy. Following Jesus is following joy, but if we don't understand who he is, if we don't understand what he offers, then we might as well be deaf to the greatest opportunity that our hearts could ever hear. Because we're all pursuing something that we, that we hope will give us joy, aren't we? You're, you might be able to name it right now and you might be chasing it and you don't know it. 
We all want to be happy. We're trying to find happiness. We can agree on that together this morning. It might be that you're looking for it in a career or in a relationship or in a hobby. It might be chocolate cake. I would guess, though, that many of us uh, are at least trying to pursue joy in Jesus. Like, if, if you're here and you have a relationship with God through the finished work of Jesus, theoretically, you're here to focus on God this morning, right? If you don't have a relationship with God and you're here in this room or you're listening online, it's probably because you are at least somewhat interested in pursuing him because of what that might mean for your joy. And why? Why why follow Jesus? At least one part of the answer to that question is that we want to be happy. And we want a life that's meaningful. We want a life that's joyful. And some part of the inside of us believes that he has what we need. Some part of us believes that he can satisfy us. But does it work? You might be wondering that right now. Maybe you're not. Maybe you are. We all have weeks, days, moments where we wonder. Some days, let's be honest with one another, with our own hearts. Some days we don't really remember. Does it really work? Does Jesus really offer joy? Or will we one day realize that we were waiting around for chocolate cake that never came? The passage that we're going to look at for a few minutes this morning is going to help us remember that the pursuit of Jesus is the pursuit of joy, that following Jesus is finding joy, and he offers so much more than money and cake. If we hear him, if we follow him, Jesus offers abundant life. So I'm going to read you a few verses from John chapter 10, life-changing verses that start in in verse 7. Are you ready to read with me? Let's pause. I'm actually going to pray for us first, which I don't normally do. But, Father, we sit here uh, as a collection of brothers and sisters in Christ. There may be people with us that do not have a relationship with you yet. But, God, we all want to be happy. We all want joy. And we are all, we must admit, as we've already sung this morning, we are prone to wander away from your grace. To pursue things that don't satisfy us, thinking that they'll satisfy us. And not only do we ask your forgiveness as we have already done, but we ask you to help us to see the beauty of your offer, the beauty of your shepherding of our hearts. May we leave, may we leave this time today more hopeful and obedient sheep because we hear and believe the good offer that you have for our souls in the name of Christ. Jesus said again, verse seven, truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Following Jesus is following joy. So let's look back at this passage to see what Jesus offers us when we come to him. And I want you to see three things that Jesus wants to give you that you can't get anywhere else. Okay? You're taking notes, three things that Jesus wants to give us that we can't get anywhere else. And the first is this. Jesus wants to give you security. 
Jesus wants to give you security that you can't get anywhere else. Look at what we just read in verse 9. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be what? Saved. So there's real danger implied here. Without Jesus as our gate, we won't be saved. In fact, without Jesus as our gate, we will be destroyed because verse 10 says a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So Jesus is saying unequivocally that we need to be saved from destruction. What a thing. But that's because, as most of us know, that our natural state is to be separated from God in our sin, falling short of his perfect standard. The Bible says the penalty for that sin is death. And without the intervention of Jesus, this gate, it means death. We face destruction. The enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus to that says, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, Jesus probably has more impressive sounding names in other places in scripture than the gate for the sheep. But this name is imperative if we really understand it. And for us to understand it, and I I want us to understand it, we have to recognize that over and over again, the Bible calls us the sheep. Not just here, all over the Old and New Testament. It's very important to God that we see ourselves as sheep. So I'm going to have to hurt your feelings a little bit before we can make this offer. Let me tell you a couple things about sheep that will help convince us that we are sheep who need shepherding. You right now, regardless of where you, whether you remember and rejoice in Jesus' offer of joy today, or whether you never have, or whether you're, is it real? Can you do it? Can you really... We need to believe that we are sheep. So the first thing, remember that sheep can't provide for themselves. So did you know uh, that sheep don't have the ability to like, plan for their future <laughs> health? And there's no 401ks for sheep. For instance, without a shepherd, uh, sheep will essentially just eat continuously until the food is gone. They're not thinking about the next meal. They're thinking about the grass in front of them. So they can eat until the field is bare. And if there's no shepherd to lead them elsewhere to go, eventually they will just run out of food and starve. That can happen to a sheep. Or, remember, we're the sheep. Or, if they don't run out of food and no one leads them away from the food, sheep will actually just keep eating until their stomachs explode. That's a real thing. And that's something that I worry will happen to me at Buffalo Wild Wings (laughs) at some point in the future. But without a shepherd, sheep will basically just pursue what they want to the point where they die from it. So sheep naturally rush toward their own destruction. And who's the sheep? Man, we are. Sheep can't provide for themselves, and of course, sheep can't protect themselves. Uh, sheep are slower than their predators. Listen, you've seen a sheep. They are delicious, and everything wants to eat them. I watched a documentary this week, a new documentary on Netflix called Predators. 
and I watched the episode on lions, also the one on cheetahs, because it was pretty good. I saw a lion take down a wild boar this week. Saw, I saw footage of it actually happening. I saw lions kill and eat a buffalo. This is the most incredible one. I watched lions kill and eat a 17-foot-tall adult male giraffe. It looked impossible. All they can do is bite the back of its knees, but they win. A lion can easily catch, kill, and consume a sheep. And again, in Jesus' analogies, we are the sheep. So without a gate for the sheep, either... A predator will destroy the sheep, or the sheep will find a way to destroy themselves. Jesus saying that that is what we do, but that he is the gate for the sheep. Jesus is the door for the fold. The most obvious uh, offer that Jesus has for us is protection from destruction. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus wants to give us life instead of death. He wants to give us security, and we need it, because just like real sheep, Jesus offers us protection, not just from ourselves, but from outside enemies. First Peter says, be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for any sheep that he can devour, and we are sheep. So the lion is at the door, Jesus says. The, the lion is, is in the field, Destruction is inevitable on our own, but to that, Jesus says, enter by me and be saved. We have an enemy, and just like he did at the very beginning, he is trying to tempt us, to distract us, to turn our attention away from God, to get us to pursue these things that that would destroy us. You know it's true. Remember that it's true, but Jesus also, remember, has conquered our enemies, and he offers us safety in him, but then we don't just need to be protected from Satan, right? I need to be protected from me. We need to be protected from ourselves. Sheep will eat nonstop until they're ruined. Man, aren't we like that? It may not be buffalo wild wings for you. It could be anything. You could find a, a hobby, a friend, trying to have the most chickens of anybody you know, whatever it is. We just go after things nonstop until it either fails us or it ruins our lives. If it fails us, we find something else that will then fail or ruin our lives. Because the truth is that apart from Jesus, we are insatiable. Because we are sheep. Did you know there's a guy in Taiwan who died from playing video games too long? Like he just didn't stop. He played for like three days until his body shut down. And he's not the only human that has happened to. Multiple people have video gamed themselves to death. We are sheep will literally play video games to death. We need the gate for the sheep. We need the gate for the sheep. 
just like sheep need a shepherd to tell them where to go and where not to go and what to do and what not to do so that they're not destroyed, so that they have life. We need Jesus to tell us what to do, not do. Go here, don't go there. This is the way. Walk in it to be safe. We need him. Can we just acknowledge in our hearts, Jesus, we need you to lovingly lead us. As sheep, we have to know that if we're left to ourselves, it's, it's ruin. It's ruin. If that sounds overly dramatic, let's apply that to some of the standard things in our lives real quick. What if you make your life about a human being? Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, kids, grandkids even. That will wreck your life when they break up with you or leave you or ignore you or even just die on you. Pursuing satisfaction in a person always leads to ruin because our lives weren't designed to be fulfilled by any human. Making your life about your job. It'll wreck your life when you realize you're not going to get the promotion or you can't make the sale or you can't make the cut or even if you just can't do it anymore because it's time to retire. Making your life about basketball will ruin your life when you realize you can't jump high enough to even touch the net. Pursuits like that will always fail you. They'll leave you empty. Making your life about pornography will ruin your life when you realize it it never satisfies. It's never enough. Making your life about the pursuit, fill in the blank, the pursuit of anything other than Jesus will eventually ruin your life because Anything else will eventually let you down fully. It will let you down completely, and it can't do otherwise. It has to. And Jesus knows this. And that's why he says, let me be the gate that protects you from the enemy without and from the enemy within. Guys, Satan and our own hearts want to destroy us. It's just true. I'm old enough now. I might not have believed that when I was young. I'm old enough now to know it. You're, if you're young, I hope you'll trust me. Your cute, adorable, sweet little heart is going to try to destroy you at some point. Jesus wants to be the gate for the sheep. He wants to give us security forever in him. So Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the gate for the sheep. He wants to give us security, but that's not all. You probably believed that before you came in this room. Jesus also wants to give us, number two, satisfaction. He wants to give you satisfaction. Let's look back at the text, verse 9. I am the gate, Jesus said. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have abundance. Did you see that? I think you did because I kind of tipped it off a little bit with the giant and. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and come in and go out and find pasture. That and there is so huge. It's probably the most important conjunction in the history of my life. That's the, ah, that conjunction changed my life 
and I need it to change my life again every time. Listen, that's why I started the way we did. You can believe the and and forget you believe the and. Remember it again. You will be saved, Jesus said, and come in and go out and find the pasture that you want and need. He's the God of and. You know what that means? That means Jesus wants to give you safety, yes. He wants to protect you, and he wants to give you the pasture. Jesus Jesus wants to be the fence for your life, and he wants to be the feast of your life. Jesus wants to give you protection, and he wants to give you the pleasure and the purpose that your heart was made to know. In Jesus, we can have life and have it in abundance. But it can be unnatural for us to think that way. And some of you, maybe less, less so, some of you came, came into the faith more like me, and you often tend to think of that and as an or. We can be saved, or we can go find the pasture. We can have life, or we can have it in abundance. I'm going to be a little dangerous right now, and I hope I don't set off any feedback. I'm going to get these four chairs. Sorry, guys. So hopefully you guys can see me down here on the floor. But when I was uh, in high school, college, oh, thank you. I was, uh, I don't know, not weirdly, but I was pretty into, like, zombie stories. This was before The Walking Dead, so... Don't start a conversation with me about The Walking Dead because I won't really know anything. Um, but uh, read a bunch of books, stories, uh, movies, uh, television shows, whatever they had. And I remember uh, watching one, I think it was a television show, that ended where you know, the, the, pro- the protagonists, they're running away from just a horde of zombies and they Uh, escape into this compound that's fully surrounded by a fence. And they're huddled behind the fence. We're safe. We made it. We will not be turned into zombies today. And then it, it fades away with the camera pulling up and just an innumerable number of zombies coming from all sides around this compound. They can't get into the fence and it fades to black with the people on the other side of the fence like that. And it leaves you with the sense that, yes, they're safe, but they are now cut off from all of the life that they ever had before. All of the, they're now, great, the zombies aren't going to get you, but you're stuck in that p- compound away from everything you love. And it is very easy for us to think that that is how the Christian life works. Um, Man, if you're, especially if you're a young person in this room, I would love, love for you to believe before I was probably 30, before this conjunction changed my life. Because we can, yes, man, it's so much easier for us to believe, okay, I can't get heaven, I can't get eternity, I can't have security, I can't have not destruction without Jesus. But now I'm here, and all the good stuff is out there on the other side of the fence. 
That's a lie. You know what's on the other side of the fence? The things that destroy. Destruct. He's the gate. This is not how the Jesus gate works. He says, I, you can have safety and come in and go out and find pasture. It's a sheep gate swings both ways. In for safety. Out for pasture. In for protection. Out for pleasure. In for the fence. Out for the feast. In for life. Out for life in abundance. I have come so that you may have life and life in abundance. Jesus Jesus didn't die so that he could keep you miserable in the fold. But he knows that we're sheep. Brandon Michael Hiltabidal is a sheep, and I will destroy myself on my own. And Jesus says, no, not that. Hey, this. Hey, not there. Not then. Come on, little Brandon. I'm going to get you to the finish line. Just, here you go. And that's what he said, fill in your name. Come on. I'm getting you to safety. I'm getting you to satisfaction. I'm getting you to the only things that will quench you. The pursuit of Jesus is the pursuit of joy. He's the God of and. I want to remind us, it's really cool, that uh, we've already quoted this passage today as we confess the faith. Just a little bit. Let me remind you just a fraction of what Jesus offers. Man, we should never believe that he withholds good things. Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, a field of grace. We boast in the glory of God. What more than that? We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And that hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Following Jesus is following joy. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, believe sad, tired, scared, wayward hearts that the following of Jesus is the following of joy. Psalm 16, I will bless the Lord who counsels me. Even at night when my thoughts trouble me, I will always let the Lord guide me. That's the Christian life in a sentence, sheep, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Following Jesus is following joy, because when Jesus is our shepherd, when Jesus is our gate, we get his 
just run it back. His perfection, his peace, his grace, his hope, his future glory, his on and on and on. The love of the universe, both of the God of the universe, both now and forever. Jesus is better than your girlfriend. Jesus is better than your career. Jesus can give you things that your children could never give you or a Titan Super Bowl. Could ne- I don't know if anybody in this church can cares, cares about the Titans. I'll figure it out for the course of time. But Jesus is bigger and better and offers more than anything else that will in and of itself inevitably disappoint you. Christian, you don't just get safety, you get the pasture. You don't just get security, you get the feast, but you have to remember where the feast is. You're not just trapped behind the fence. You get the freedom to be with the one who made to satisfy you with his joy. So now let's finish with, the, with this question. How can we know? How can we know that Jesus will actually give us the joy that he says he wants to give us? Man, what a great question, Brandon. How can we know he even wants to? That takes us to point number three. Jesus wants to give us security. Jesus wants to give us satisfaction. And Jesus has already given us himself. When I was in high school, unfortunately, I played football. I was terrible. That is not false humility at all. You could ask anyone that was there. I played for years. Terrible. Just thought that once you started, you couldn't stop. I was slow. I was scared of everything. And if you don't know much about football, but slow and scared makes a prefer a rough football player. Miserable experience for years. I came to me going into my senior year. I don't probably have to do this anymore. So I decided not to play my senior year. But the coach came to me after he had heard from some of my friends during the summer. And he was like, Brandon, I heard you're not going to play. I want you to play. Listen, come out. I'm going to help you get better. He promised he would make sure that I got better and that I had fun my last year of football. Just come out. I'll work with you. I'll make sure that you get to do uh, things that are exciting. Brandon, we're going to have a fun senior season. So I did. I, I went back out. It's the worst year of football I ever had. Because I still wasn't good. You know what happens to football players that aren't good? They get yelled at. Every day. Brandon! That's not where you're supposed to be. 44, did you not see where that play was going? Hill to Bidel, hit somebody. I don't want to hit anybody. (laughs) And we won one game my senior year. It was a long, awful season. The coach told me he wanted me to have fun, but what he really wanted was enough people on the team so that he could have a season. He promised me satisfaction, and instead I got yelled at. Just come to me, and I'll keep you safe. Jesus says, come to me, 
and I'll give you the pasture that you were made to be quenched by. Following Jesus is following joy, and this is how we know. We know that he really does want to do what he says he wants to do. Skip down four verses in this very chapter, verse 14 of John chapter 10, and you will see this theme continued. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. So watch. Jesus said, I have come to be the gate for the sheep. He said that over 2,000 years ago. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus also said, I lay down my life for the sheep. And then he literally did. Hey, guess what? He historically did. That already happened. I'll probably tell you that every two months that the cross already happened. He died. He was buried. He rose from the actual dead so that his people could have life and life in abundance. Romans 5.8, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died, past tense, died for us to prove God's love for us. Romans 5, 17, if by the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of the grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? My football coach said that he would give me football joy and he gave me misery instead. Jesus said he was going to give us abundant life, and then he gave up his own life to make that happen. So how can we know that Jesus isn't just saying that he wants us to have joy? How can we know that he's not trying to trick us into pursuing him like some football coaches I know? How blessed we are. Because we don't look, we're not looking towards some future event that we hope, oh man, I hope that someday this that's going to happen is going to secure my joy. We want it. We want to be happy. We're all pursuing ways to be happy. We're not looking for something in the future that we hope will bring it for us. We look backward at the cross. And when we remember the, the when we remember the cross, we see that Jesus put his life where his words were. Jesus didn't say he wanted you to have safety and satisfaction. He gave himself for you to have it. He spread out his arms as the sacrifice himself for your joy. That's how we know. He laid down his life for the sheep. Sheep, you're a sheep. Man, you're a sheep. Oh, it's both the worst and the best, isn't it? I'm, oh, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time, and I still, man, we are prone to wonder, prone to leave the God we love. But we also have a shepherd. And if we will remember 
and rejoice and be melted by that truth. We will come to Jesus. We will follow Jesus as our shepherd. We will obey him as our shepherd so that we can enjoy him as our portion and as the satisfier of our hearts. Listen, I just want to encourage you before we pray. Stop. Man, I don't even say stop. Start as much as you can looking backward. I don't know. I'm about to say something that's not in my notes. That's never good. Um, Let's just say I'm reading a, a book by John Piper that I've never read. And he's just hammering the concept of justification, which means that we sheep, all we defenseless, weak sheep who somehow managed to be rebellious at the same time. Well, you know what? We're sheep, but we can take down the shepherd. We have been declared legally perfect in the eyes of the shepherd. And it's already happened for those of us that, are, that have put our faith in him through the work that he did over 2,000 years ago. It's done. It's done. It's finished. You have been declared perfect. Don't look ahead at anything that you think might give you joy someday. Look back at the thing that has secured it. And look to the good shepherd who says, this is the way, walk in it. This is the path to life. These are the laws that lead to abundance. So we're going to go to the Lord's table in just a moment. will you see it as the Lord's table? The good shepherd's table. The broken body, the poured blood for your life in abundance. Because our job is not to satisfy ourselves. Our job is not to protect ourselves. Our job is to remember his work, follow his words, while knowing, knowing that in him is life and life in abundance. I'm going to pray for us. Then I'm going to invite anyone that wants to come forward for two reasons to pray before we take communion. If you, if you know or have concern about anything in your life that you think might be a path towards pursuing joy that isn't the abundant life of Jesus... Let's intercede for one another. Come and, and, and get prayer. Like, help me, Jesus, to know the way and walk in it towards life and life in abundance. Or if you, there's someone that you love that you know that's true of and you want intercession, my son, my parent, my cousin, whoever, uh, my best friend is walking in a way that, that doesn't lead to life. In Jesus' life, let's pursue that for ourselves and for one another. Father, thank you for blessing us with Jesus Christ crucified. And may you help us to talk about him and think about him every day and certainly every week when we gather as your body. God, I pray that you would help us um, in this moment to see. I pray for these, my brothers and sisters, that they would see the, the ways in your life that they are living as sheep without a shepherd. Show me the places in my heart that I'm living as a sheep without a shepherd and help us to follow you, help us to see you, help us to hear you, help us to trust you that you want to give us protection and the pasture.
that you want us to give, you want to give us the, the fold and the feast and help us to find that in you. You are the best thing that's ever happened to us. Thank you.